This podcast is sponsored by BetterHelp.com. BetterHelp is customized online therapy that offers video, phone, or live chat sessions with your therapist, and it's much more affordable than in-person therapy, and you can start communicating with your therapist in under 48 hours. Now, as a special offer to surviving narcissism listeners, you can get 10% off your first month of professional therapy at BetterHelp.com slash surviving narcissism podcast so join the millions of people who are seeing what online therapy is really about it's always a good time to invest in yourself now that's better com slash surviving narcissism podcast and thanks again to better help for sponsoring this podcast Welcome to this week's episode of the Surviving Narcissism Podcast. This is Michelle, the Program Director, and I would like to start this episode with a short introduction. For those of you new to Surviving Narcissism, it is the product of many years of work done by Dr. Les Carter. Dr. Carter is a best-selling author and therapist with more than 40 years of experience specializing in narcissistic personality disorder and anger management. This week, Dr. C's topic will be why you need to understand narcissistic injury. I want to talk with you today about a phenomenon that we refer to as the narcissistic injury. And this is going to be so important for you to understand what it is because narcissists are are very fragile individuals. And when you wind up differing from them, they can't really come to terms with what's going on inside of themselves. And so they're constantly trying to push their junk onto you and making you out to be the problem. And so much of of what you're going to have and when you have those experiences is going to be a result of their own narcissistic injury. Now, here's how it works. Let's suppose that you say or do something that inadvertently sets off the narcissist. Uh, For example, let's suppose that you are talking about something and it's clear that you disagree with that narcissistic person. Well, rather than them saying, well, you have this thought and I have my thought, they can't do that. They'll uh, They'll just lash out at you. Or let's suppose that you are doing something of a project with that narcissistic person and you make an error or you may have a different way of doing things. And in the midst of some of the differences there, they lash out you, they lash out at you with that. What's wrong with you? Why are you doing this? Or it could be that in your engagements with that narcissist, you may call them out. And you may let them know, you've got some things going on here right now that I'm not comfortable with. Here's what it is. And instead of them saying, okay, let's talk, they'll lash out at you with that and they can uh, make things very miserable for you. It it could be that uh, you're just uh, doing something with someone else and they feel like they've been excluded and you're showing favoritism to someone else. And so they're mad at you for that. It may be that you tease or that you say something that's humorous and they take that as an insult. I mean, there's so many different ways that narcissists can have their feelings hurt or narcissists can be triggered with their agitation. And you're over there thinking, what in the world is going on? It's the proverbial situation where 
you have five cents worth of frustration in, in front of you, but they're spending $20 worth of anger on that five cents worth of frustration. I mean, that's basically what it is. Let's keep in mind that narcissists carry a great deal of pain on the inside of them. They have a lot of hurt that they're sitting on, and part of the problem that we have is they can't even acknowledge the fact that it's in there. What they do is they make whatever difficulty they're experiencing in the moment with you to become a referendum about you, and they don't slow down long enough to ask, why did I respond that way, or why does that trigger me? Let me give you a real simple illustration. When I was a kid, I was 13 years old, we had a dog that we had had for yeah, about 13, 14 months, something like that. And unfortunately, he was uh, it was in front of my house when I went uh, back in the day, and he got hit by a car. And I was the one that was in the yard, and I saw it, and I ran over to where my dog was. His name was Bullet. And uh, he was just laying there, and you could tell that uh, he was really struggling, and he, he got clipped pretty hard by that car. And, of course, the car just drove off. And when I reached down to touch Bullet and to, uh, to try to console him and see if there's something that I could do to comfort him, he snapped at me, and he growled, and he showed me teeth. And it was so unlike him, and obviously I'd never been through an experience like that, and it really caught me off guard, and frankly, it rattled me quite a bit as a 13-year-old kid. The dog was injured, and the dog snapped at me because of his injury. It wasn't about me, it was about his own pain. Well, let's bring this back into the world of you engaging with a narcissist, and all of these things that I just mentioned, your differences or your disagreements, when they snap at you and when they growl at you and show you teeth, so to speak, it's the same dimension, but only of a psychological sort. Like I say, they're, they're unable to sit down and say, why don't we just talk this through? Or you and I are on different wavelengths. Let's figure out what that's all about. They can't do it. Now, there are multiple ways that you can tell that a narcissist is operating from the position of narcissistic injury. Um, first, let's keep in mind that, uh, that they're highly controlling and, and they're very self-absorbed to begin with, and then they want to keep that veneer up. And so whenever you uh, start doing something that goes against their agenda, there are multiple things that we can look at. For example, in their injury, they're very prone toward anger. Uh, again, let's go back. Whenever you disagree with that person or whenever you do something that is uh, puts you in disfavor, they'll just start spewing their agitation and their irritability. They, they're highly critical and they can do the what's wrong with you kind of a mentality that can actually be coming from their place of injury. But of course, all you see is that loud and raucous anger. Or another way that you can tell that a person might be operating from their place of injury is just their, their uh, inclination toward deflection. If you say, you know, we, we need to talk about certain differences that you and I have, and here's something that, that is a concern to me, the deflection might be, well, me, what about you? And so they talk, start talking about your problems, or they may say something like, well, John over there had the same thing going on yesterday. You didn't say anything about that, so why don't we talk about that? And so they try to change the subject. It's their way of saying, ooh, you just touched on a raw nerve here, and I can't go into that space. But instead of saying that, they just, like I say, they play out that deflection. 
Or another way that you can often tell that a person's operating with narcissistic injury is they use denial. For example, if you say there's a problem between you and me, rather than them saying, yeah, I can, I could tell there's something going on there. They'll just say, I don't even know what you're talking about. Uh, you're making stuff up as you go along. And so they can't even go into an admission of what truth is. Or in addition, another way that they, uh, they show their narcissistic injury is they got to go into blame shifting. Let's suppose that in fact, there is a problem between you and that person and you can't deny it. There's a, a difference that just doesn't seem to go away. And so what they'll do is they'll say, well, none of this problem would have happened if it weren't for you. And they talk about all the things that you do wrong and, and how you set the whole thing up to happen in a bad kind of way. Does that sound very familiar to you? Sometimes in their narcissistic injury, rather than going into that loud, angry, and defensive kind of reaction, uh, sometimes narcissists will do what we might refer to as getting in front of the posse. They may know that problems are going to come along and that they're not going to look good when the problems show up. And so in their injured self, rather than thinking, okay, I, I've, got, I've got some self-examination I need to do. It's like, no, I'm not about to do that. What they do is it's like, well, what I'll do is I'll prove myself to be the nicest person you ever met. I'm going to do favors for everyone. I'm going to anticipate what your needs might be and then respond to that so that when you eventually come along and say you have a problem, I can turn around and say, problem? What problem? Look how nice I am. And so sometimes their injury can prompt them to do this compensation mode in advance so they have chips that they can call in. Other times in their narcissistic injury, narcissists will try to, uh, to appeal to a rigid agenda. And they may say things like, you're not allowed to think that way, or that's a topic we don't get into, or that's not what the rule book said we were supposed to do. And so they try to keep uh, the focus on anything and everything but their own emotions and their own strain and their hurts. And then when all else fails, uh, injured narcissists will begin hurling insults and threats and ultimatums. How dare you? I mean, that's just the way they operate. So many times when you uh, are engaging with a narcissist and you show yourself to be, oh, just you, you show yourself to just simply be unique and distinct, you are uh, inadvertently arousing all sorts of pain and hurt that the narcissist had never come to terms with. What's going on? What's at the base of all of this? And once again, it, it, I'm going to reiterate, it's so necessary for you to, to understand the dynamic because the narcissist in the moment of difference is going to try to make you out to be the bad guy. You're defective. You're neurotic. You're whatever the crummy adjective is going to be. When narcissists have this pattern in, uh, in full toe with you, first and foremost, it implies that they're operating with a pervasive fear of being wrongly judged. Again, let's, let's go back and say that you are talking with a narcissist and you say something like, hey, this didn't work. Okay, plain and simple. You know, that happens in any relationship. Then instead of them saying, okay, well, let's talk about what you were hoping was going to happen instead, it's like, you're judging me, aren't you? 
you're down on my case, aren't you? They may actually say those words out loud or they think it or they imply it. And it's like, how dare you come against me like this? And in your descriptive way of, of communicating, it's like, no, I'm not giving you a judgment. I'm just simply describing what I'm seeing. This has nothing to do with me smearing your character. But narcissists have such a deep history of having had their character smeared or fearing that their character would be smeared that that's the interpretation they tend to put on to you. And uh, closely on the heels of this, when we ask about, you know, what's beneath this narcissistic injury reaction, we can also say that narcissists live with a great fear of being rejected. They fear in their difference from you that you're going to deem them to be a nobody. That you're more or less saying, well, we used to be tight, but now that we're different, then I reject you outright because narcissists tended, uh, tended to grow up with a great deal of all or nothing, binary, black and white thinking. You're either in the club or you're not in the club. You're either acceptable or you're not acceptable. You're with me or you're against me. That's how they think and that's how they've been trained to uh, uh, interpret the world in front of them. And so whenever differences or uh, complexities come along between you and them, they bring that kind of thinking into play. And you're over there thinking, I'm, again, I'm not trying to reject you. I'm just simply saying, let's talk. With the narcissistic injury, you realize that there's a twisted reasoning that they have uh, learned to take upon themselves. In other words, uh, reasoning becomes very convoluted because they have so much unfinished emotion that goes along with the way that they engage with the world that the emotion overrides logic. And so what they feel in the moment becomes fact. That's what I mean when I say they operate with twisted reasoning. Way back in the day, let's suppose a narcissist was engaging with an authority person and the authority person may have said, I don't like the way that you uh, responded here. And then that little budding narcissist would try to explain things and all they got was slapped down. And so they're carrying those kinds of memories in the way they're subconsciously, typically in the way that they engage with you, that they just assume that you're going to be the same way. And so their emotion overrides the facts of what you're trying to present to them. Likewise, when we also see that a person is operating with this narcissistic injury, we realize that these people do not have a history of introspection. Uh, you know, uh, the, uh, the idea would be that they would have been trained to, uh, to take a hard look at who they are, but in a clean and safe kind of way. But instead, narcissists are very externally based in the way that they process life. In other words, if things look good, if they sound right, if they give the, uh, the correct uh, kind of measurables, then they're okay. And so when you come along and say those externals aren't exactly in the order that I would like, then that triggers something on the inside. Uh, many times when a narcissist comes at you with this injurious kind of reaction, indeed there may have been a history of very strong abuse that they were exposed to whether they had been verbally abused in their earlier, use, or earlier years, or it could have been that they were sexually abused, or it could have been that they were uh, neglected or treated in a very condescending and harsh kind of way. 
And you know, my heart goes out to somebody who has that as part of their background. What these individuals will do then is they'll take their history of certain abuses and then they generalize it. So when you come along and you say, well, I'm not on the same page as you, then in their generalities, they say, oh, you're going to be the next person in line that's going to do me dirty, huh? And so uh, you're doing it to me now. And so they, they ascribe to you unfinished business that others have put onto them. And you're over there thinking, but that's not where I'm going. And they're over there thinking, well, that's the way it feels to me. I'd like for you to be aware of my video courses. One of them is entitled Free to Be, Finding Yourself Despite the Controllers in Your Life. Now, inside this course are various modules, and inside each module, it breaks down into various lessons with a video, teaching documents, and then also questions that go along with it. For example, inside Free to Be, you'll learn how controllers want to invite you into their games, but then you'll also learn about the seven principles of freedom, how to develop self-trust, and much more. Now, if you are interested in enrolling in the classes, you could go to our survivingnarcissism.tv website, click the link for courses, and you'll find that one and others. And I hope that you would find them to be quite therapeutic. And now, back to Surviving Narcissism with Dr. Carter. And so, they, in addition, uh, narcissists tend to have a history of having felt betrayed. Sometimes they have felt dominated. Sometimes they have felt lied to. And so in their uh, development into their adult years, they came to the conclusion, well, if I'm the one who's in charge and if I'm the one who establishes truth, then I can eliminate those kind of things. And then you show up and say, you know, something different uh, that triggers it. Many times we can say that a person uh, operates with this narcissistic injury because they have a lot of internal struggle with their own shame, their inadequacy, having felt invalidated, having been trampled upon. And in their self-protection, they, de they determine within themselves, nevermore will I be subjected to someone else's dominance over me and then that becomes the trigger for them to come across in this harsh way toward you. Now, I'm hoping that you can see when you're on the recipient of their anger and their agitation, you're actually experiencing what we refer to in the psychological world as, as emotional displacement. They're placing onto you garbage that doesn't belong to you uh, in addition, they typically will use the defense mechanism of projection. They have all sorts of uh, strain and tension and hurt and anger uh, that they're experiencing, but then they see that in you. They, they see in yourself what they can't come to terms with within themselves. And so with their sense of displacement, with their sense of projection, they're operating with that twisted logic that I mentioned just a moment ago. And so it leaves you wondering, well, what am I going to do if I'm consistently on the receiving end of this, uh, this uh, unfinished business that the narcissist has? They're coming at me with all their injury. What am I going to do? Well, first and foremost, why don't we just say this? As you realize this pattern of narcissistic injury, and as you realize that that's so commonly at the base of their anger and invalidation of you, 
you're going to need to learn how not to get pulled into their pain. What they're basically saying is, if I'm hurting right now, I'm making you responsible for my hurt. And I've got to get you to act and think and prioritize and interpret in a certain way so that I'll quit hurting. And I'm hoping you can look at that and recognize, wait a minute, that's not my task. This is not about me. I'm the player on the stage with that narcissist, and they're trying to make their pain all about me, but it's not about me. Now, many of you know that I have a history of teaching about boundaries. I've done anger workshops, and it's all about having appropriate communication of your frustrations. When we have boundaries and when we have proper assertiveness, one of the beginning points that we have is each person is responsible for himself or herself. You're responsible for you. I'm responsible for me. That's the beginning point of healthy relating. Narcissists, they'll say, no, you're responsible for how I feel. And they're very needy. They're very codependent, even though they may come across as very large and in charge or brash or harsh. Uh, there's a hurt little boy or a hurt little girl on the inside that's just saying, please, please do everything you can to make me feel good about myself. And so your task is to not get pulled into taking responsibility for them and not getting pulled into their codependent dance that they're inviting you into. Let's recognize that for the narcissist to cease this type of response, they're going to have to go inside and they're going to have to do a whole lot of self-examination. Who am I? What's going on inside of me? Why do I keep going back to this anger? And frankly, when we're talking about people of the narcissistic variety, we realize that tends not to happen because they started working so early in life to create a, a false self, uh, to try to show that I'm okay, I'm above this, you can't, you can't scare me, that when you come along and say, well, could we just be honest maybe? Can we just have a sense of fair play in the way that we engage? It's like, no, my patterns of life are so established in, uh, uh, in the, the false direction that I can't do something like that. Um, unfortunately, they picked up lots of dysfunctional patterns of, of living, probably because they had some people who were very dysfunctional in their life, and it all works against them being insight-oriented individuals. And so you're going to have to keep in mind when you're engaging with people who throw their injuries at you, um, their injury, their hurt, their pain, their unfinished business is part of the, the definition of who they are. It's just how they approach life. And I've, I've talked with so many people who have engaged with individuals who are strongly narcissistic, and, and these individuals will tell me, I just, all I have to do is say one little word in the wrong inflection, tone of voice, the wrong inflection, or I just make one mistake or one miscalculation, and boom, they're all over me. And the, the narcissist will come at you then with uh, the attitude that, that, that more or less implies that they are this unique, and special misunderstood person and you have contributed to their misunderstanding. And so you're going to have to come to terms with certain core truths that aren't necessarily what you want, but they're just core truths anyway. 
And that is when you have someone that has this much unfinished business that they're carrying around perpetually, you're not going to have any meeting of the minds. You're not going to have a sense of concurrence with these people. They see things differently from you. They don't have an objectivity. Uh, their, their lens is very subjective. It's very emotionally driven. It's very illogically driven. So drop the notion that says, yeah, we'll probably come to some sort of agreement. It's, it's very low. Uh, there's a very low likelihood that something like that's going to happen. Keep in mind also, when you're dealing with a person like this, that you may as well drop the hope that you're going to have mutual understanding. I'm going to make a simple presumption that by virtue of the fact that you're here listening to this, uh, this podcast, you probably listen to other podcasts and, and YouTube videos you read, you're the kind of person that says, well, I really want to have a good understanding of who I am and who other individuals are so that we can engage. Well, that's great. That's wonderful. But just don't expect that mutual understanding to happen between you and the narcissist. They don't have empathy. They're so busy protecting themselves. They're so busy uh, tuning into um, how to maintain their place of control that they're unable to say, I need to go inside and find out who you are. Their, their walls are too thick. Their walls are too impenetrable. They're not able to go into that space. In addition, one of the things you'll have to come to terms with is that you won't have their respect. And, and, and I know that when you have differences between yourself and another person, ideally, the, the way that you work those differences out can actually lead toward a much deeper appreciation for one another. Actually, intimacy in its classic way is, is built upon knowing one another's negatives and saying, let's work on it anyway, and let's love and accept each other in the midst of that. And then you, you begin to have a respect for one another's humanity in the midst of all of that. That kind of respect is not, gonna, is, is not something a narcissist has to offer. They don't respect themselves because they're so fear-based and shame-based, and they're not going to be able to respect you. So when you have someone who uh, comes at you and lashes out with irrationality, at, at some point you're going to have to realize we've got a pattern going here. We have a trend. I'm going to need to get away from this. I, I can't continue to subject myself to someone who's unable to manage the highs and lows and plus and minuses of just relating with each other. Let go of your hero complex you're not going to be the one that's going to step in and say, well, I'll make it all better and I'll, I'll lead you towards peace and harmony because the narcissist is like, I don't do peace and I don't do harmony. Acknowledge that. They are what they are and you need to move toward relationships that do emphasize mutuality and understand that when you're engaging with a narcissist, they're simply not going to be that kind of person. So this narcissistic injury and you realizing that there's much going on behind the scenes when they snap at you, that, that this is such an important concept for you to, uh, to acknowledge and to be able to spot. Because like I say, whenever there's a problem, the narcissist begins with one, uh, one thought and one really large thought, and that is, well, it must be you. You're the one who's making my life miserable. What can we do to punish you? 
And I'm hoping that you can say, nope, not playing that game. I've got a willingness to be engaging with you, but if this is all that you bring, then I have to step away. Thank you for joining us for this week's episode of Surviving Narcissism. We are glad to have you on Team Healthy. Thank you.